This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I, I'm coming out hot, Brandon. I'm feeling I've got some energy tonight. So, uh, how are you? Yeah, wow. I'm I'm sensing it. I'm I'm good now. Just vibing <laughs> off of you. This is what people tune in for. The, true. the me me playing off you and vice versa. Sure, sure. I, I'm also vibing off midweek fixtures because mm. I mean midweek fixtures are always just sort of um, out of nowhere, out of left field. Right. People love. My work stories, my my life in the office sure. as it relates to FPL. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have any, a funny punchline today, but I was just on a phone call right at three o'clock when like the late kickoff happens. I guess it's the eight p.m. kickoff in England, sure. and I got that whole sort of Christmas Eve anxiety tension in my tummy and mm-hmm. I was like oh I really wonder what's happening with Spurs man unit little did I know at that time that Christian Eriksen was uh, scoring a cheeky 11 second goal as yeah. I was having a phone call I wonder what kind of game that would have turned into if he hadn't scored in the first you know 9 seconds of the game like do you think yeah. do you think that man united possibly wins that game I mean it just feels like it's like they couldn't shake it off you know well, okay. I, I actually, I don't. We don't. We didn't put this in the running order. Talking about VAR, but the one thought I had about VAR is always this discussion about: Do you think the game would have been different if this team, <laughs> X team, won a penalty right. or didn't score a goal? Yeah. That Liverpool West Brom game, I think, dispelled all of those notions. Right. Nope. Liverpool still lost. Yeah, you, <laughs> don't see, worry about yeah, it. Exactly. You and I don't want to be like the old guys who complain about VAR, but. Like, if you are in favor of VAR, just watch American football, like, one Sunday. Just, you know, if you're, if you're in the U.K. or Norway or whatever, just watch, like, it, two American football games back-to-back. They take about, if you have they take 24 about, <laughs> straight hours to kill, watch yeah. two football Each games. Each game takes about four hours. Every single thing that can be that can be challenged is challenged. It takes forever. It is, it is soul-sucking. And one of the reasons I left, or sort of left behind the NFL and, and got into the Premier League was because I loved the pace of it. And so the idea... Idea that everything would be would be stopped to decide whether or not you know there was a handball in the box or whatever, and it takes eight minutes. And it just it sounds horrible. I don't want it. 
Not a fan. There, there is a quote that both both you and I love from um, the Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood <laughs> yes. movie, where where he says, Gene Hackman's Gene character Hackman's says, Little Bill, yeah, I, why are you gonna why are you gonna kill me like this? I don't deserve this. Right. And Clint Eastwood says, "Deserve ain't got nothing to do with it," <laughs> and that's that is how I feel about VAR. Like. Yeah, <laughs> leave justice at, at the at the sideline. <laughs> All right, there's dessert, a, dessert. <laughs> our old our old man rant out of the way. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk some fantasy. Uh, how was your game week twenty five, Brandon? Was it a good game week twenty five? Yeah, I think it was a good uh, game week twenty five. All yeah, things considered, of course it was. My my defense was a complete car crash. So <laughs> we can just true. get that That's out of the true. way. Yeah. I'm I'm part of the part of the Christensen curse that that sort of reached its denouement today against Bournemouth, where he goes off uh, at the twenty eighth minute with the hammy. So this man is priority number one out of my team. But yeah, Dehe Alonso, me uh, that didn't result in a lot of points. But the transfer this week was as planned. And DCL to Jordan Ayu. Granted, that goal from Peter Check was like gift wrapped for Jordan. But yeah, you and I had a serious debate on GChat today about how many keepers are better than Peter Check in the Premier League. I think we ultimately <laughs> yeah. decided it was somewhere between 15 and 16. It depended on whether you rate Matt Ryan highly enough to, to put him above. Check. I, I put yeah. check above Ryan, but I, I can understand if you would put Ryan in front. Those those short sleeve sh- uh, shirts that uh, Matty Ryan wears, I love them. But yeah, Peter Check was hailed as a great signing uh, when he was brought into Arsenal. But the, and and I would stand by that for one season, maybe two seasons. Sure. But it's gone on long enough. Arsenal ultimately um, had a good window, but yeah, they should have probably brought in a keeper as well because uh, Check. He can't really even kick the ball anymore. And that seems like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, Jordan Ayew, I feel good about that. He's like the hardest working man on the pitch right now. I think sure. he's fully behind and keeping his, Swansea up. And his brother is about to join him, which I'm super, I'm genuinely excited about that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be an IU Voltron forming. So uh, uh, Tuesday was phenomenal for me. I had three players playing and I scored three goals, Salah, IU and Firmino. And and what everyone wants to know is, did Brandon captain KDB or not? So um, let's talk about that. I generally feel like I'm a gut player, but um, this is an example in which data got in the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you I think you can tell this story many ways in that, yeah, ultimately it worked out fine. Uh, Sala got his goal. Thank you, James Milner. Um, but I was just looking at the all the stats, like the XG stats, all the goals imminent and just in, engagement in the box. Sala wins handily, mm-hmm. like Every time against KDB, sure, and sure. Uh, I was I was um, also just assuming that um, if man I had Sterling and De Bruyne coverage for Aguero, so to speak. So ultimately, I said level heads put the armband on Sala. Mm-hmm. I did so, and I really regret saying it on this podcast because everyone knows I write hard for KDB, and if anyone should have been armbanding him, yeah. it should have been me. Still haven't so done I, it, right? Have you captained him once this season? I haven't, yeah. I, I, I still haven't, so I feel like the season truly won't be... Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's like I have to get down on one knee and propose the armband to KDB one of these game weeks to really seal the deal. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I, I I think you you ultimately have to be pretty happy with your with your game week. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I punched through to the to the top 100k finally. I saw that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
92K. So that's there's still a long way to go to make it a really respectable season. Right. And as many managers out there know, breaking through to the top 100K does not at all mean that you're going to stay there. So <laughs> I had, I had to a, stay vigilant. Is that an underhanded <laughs> reference to my... Uh, I, I, so... Uh, yeah, I slipped. So I actually wildcarded this week. I had um, I got about as bad as you can come out of a wild card. No, it's not that bad, but it was well. So so let's take it take yeah. it back a few more steps. Yep. So this is an early wild card. I mm-hmm. mean, every, everyone who follows always cheating knows you've kind of been thinking about what's next for your team. Yes, that's a, because a you, run of bad luck and, and bad fortune and, yeah. and bad decisions too, perhaps. And and then it was the Musawaku spitting event that. Basically, put you one too many players out. It just it put me in a position where I was going to have to burn points, uh, including burning points on defenders. And yeah, I mean, if I'd known that Daniels was going to keep a clean sheet away to Chelsea, maybe I decision making would have been a little bit different. But um, you know, the the thing about burning points is I, I think it's fine to do because you can often. Uh, to use a business term, you know, you can amortize that cost, right? So, you know, over, over, maybe, maybe you don't, you know, get back the points you would have dropped in that first week when you drop four points. But over the course of two or three, four game weeks, you know, if you're bringing in a quality player with good fixtures, um, that, that, that point is going to pay for itself. Um, but if I was going to wildcard within the next week or two anyway, I just didn't see, you know, a situation where a minus eight made any sense, you know, and so I felt like I might as well. Um, you know, pull the trigger early, and um, right. you know, I don't. It didn't really make a big difference. I mean, it wasn't like there were, you know, a set of fixtures that I was, I was, you know, cutting. the only thing that I regret a little bit is I probably would have brought in Callum Wilson um, if I wild carded going into game week twenty six instead of twenty five. Um, you know, that was just maybe a little short sighted on my part. I so I went back and forth actually between IU and um, and Ashley Barnes, and I ultimately went Barnes over IU. Uh, Barnes has one percent ownership. I, you know, really like Burnley's fixtures coming up. I mean, obviously they play Man City in game week twenty six, but after that, it's um, you know it's a really really solid run almost you know through through the end of the season. Um, I would I'm, also like to nominate Ashley Barnes as Premier League player who looks most likely to help you move one day. <laughs> um, so the, Bar- the Barnes move uh, didn't work out. Uh, the Mkhitaryan move, I've also brought a Mkhitaryan, which I, I guess was short. So I honestly thought Wenger would plug him in right away. I mean, he has a long history of of taking these players in off transfers and plugging them right in. I mean, when, you know, Mesut Ozil joined the squad. He, he was plugged in right away. Um, I You know, I guess Mkhitaryan was a little cold, you know, from the, you know, the menu bench. But um, I really did think he would slot in right away. And, uh, you know, I got one point from him. And now I... You know, I really have to make a hard decision about whether I want to, um, you know, keep him for this home fixture to Everton or or just move him on already. Um, but other moves worked out better. Um, I brought in James Ward-Prowse, who, um, you know, was a hot player at the beginning of the season, but uh, has dropped considerably. He's down to 0.9% ownership, and he's only $5 million. Uh, and he had a sensational game against Brighton. Yeah, and so I picked up a uh, an assist and uh, three bonus points uh, from... From him, so if you're if you're looking at wild card and you're looking for a fourth uh, midfielder, I think that Prowse is an interesting option, despite how uh, awful Southampton have been. Um, Not to make it this an NFL centric podcast, but he, yeah. there was a John Elway quality about James Ward Prowse <laughs> in that Brighton game. Yeah, truly, truly, he was the quarterback. 
Uh, I did bring in Marcus Alonso, which um, felt great going into this fixture. And then um, I guess I've ruined Alonso for everybody. So yeah, uh, thanks sorry. a lot, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we were g chatting before kickoff, and you're like feeling great, finally having Alonso, and I was like, thanks. Looking forward to five straight two pointers <laughs> from him now. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I really didn't ultimately. I, oh, and I brought in Aguero too, who I captained this week, and I, I have to oh, say, no I'm, big deal. I have to say, I'm, I'm extremely disappointed with uh, with Aguero's one goal. I mean, thank God I got. The way I got the goal, I felt relieved. But, um, you know, for him at home against kind of a shaky, um, I mean, West Brom is actually, their defense has been okay of late, but um, there are a lot of injured players, a lot of questionable players. And and then they lost their defensive midfielder. I mean, it was just, you know. Really when you can more. compare Aguero's return to a Lukaku return, isn't that the ultimate insult? Right. Uh, one goal in the 90th minute thereabouts and no bonus points. Right. And that's really the, the one that sticks in your craw, right? Yes. Yeah, you got the goal. You really needed it because you capped him and so many people did. But no bonus is is just a knife in the back. Yeah. So um, I, I ultimately kept, uh, I, I guess I kept four players total. I kept De Gea. Uh, who, whatever. I always knew the Spurs game was going to be a tough fixture for him. Uh, I kept Sterling. Um, just when you've got pl- strikers like Phil Jones shooting at you, <laughs> exactly. Un- what can uns- you do? Unsavable goals. Exactly. Uh, I kept Kane and uh, and I kept uh, Mo Salah. So uh, all those players came through. Uh, I actually know that Nikita. Two of the four players came through. Uh, so I swapped out eleven players. Um, the only other players I'll note here. I, actually, none of them. I, I, my bench is kind of like full of. Some interesting options. Um, none of you know all of whom I, I actually might play in the next game week. Um, there is a most Isley Cantina uh, ubiquitous Star Wars reference uh, quality <laughs> to your bench. Yeah, so I've got Milivojevic, who is um, who I think everyone is kind of excited about as just a um, I don't know. I mean, he's on pens and uh, he's he, a lot. Of, a lot of the offense has been running through him. Uh, they've got a tough. He, to me, he's very much a fifth. He's very much a fifth midfielder. I'm only going to play him when the fixtures are good. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a tough run coming up from game week 28 to 31, but um, they finished the season on a really bright note. Um, just like it's, it's basically like there's actually like almost no way that Palace is going to go down because their final seven fixtures are so good. Um, I have Cuco Martina, who you and I have disparaged often on the podcast, uh, <laughs> but I did it because I read an article with Sam Allardyce where he said that uh, that Martin, as far as he was concerned, he was going to roll with Martina uh, indefinitely, and he said, you know, he's um, maybe he doesn't offer a lot from an attacking point of view, but he's very like. He's, just, he's stable in the defense. And um, I don't know if I actually believe that. Uh, <laughs> but what I do believe is that he's he's pretty much locked into that squad until Leighton Baines comes back. Uh, and do you remember that definitely. worldie of a goal that Cuco Martinez scored for Southampton when he randomly came on? Uh, I think this was maybe two years ago, two seasons ago. Yeah, a little vaguely. Yeah. And he, I thought he was kind of. Kind of poor last year for for something. It was a poor honest. man's yeah. uh, banana goal, but it was it was great <laughs> nonetheless. But he started every game since uh, since game week fourteen. Uh, like Everton's fixtures coming up, and I, I really like his price. Um, you know, it's four point four million. One point. I was really looking for low ownership differential players, right? And so, uh, you know, Ashley Barnes, Kuka Martina, the, you know, James Ward These are all players ownership less than three percent. Um, and then uh, and then Ben Chilwell too, who's. Uh, um, 
seem seemingly locked into that uh, that Leicester defense. Uh, and yeah. He's available for four point three million, and Leicester have a, a nice run fixtures throughout the rest of the season it's as well. A good, good assist threat from Chilwell as well. He's got a decent uh, leg off, out on the left to get crosses in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, there's a little bit of attacking threat there too. So uh, anyway, I don't want to go on too long, but those are just I I, I went a little long on the bench because I have, if anyone's thinking about wild carding, and those are some players that I would look at. Um, as I think they're good long-term options, and I, I, I tried to put a little bit of thought into it the last couple of days. So, um, yeah, I you know I ended up at forty-nine points, which which is pretty disappointing, you know, two above average. Um, but I like the way my team looks long-term, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about it too much. And at least I, you know, the, as we talked about last week's podcast, I mean, at least I feel like I've got some some players that other people don't own now. You know, just I have some different players and. Um, and uh, that makes the game a little more fun, especially if you're having a and, bad season. And if anyone is moving in the coming weeks, just get in touch with Josh, and he'll send a message to Ashley Barnes. Yeah, he's, he's actually got a, get he's, in his truck. And he's got a pager, so we'll be able to just page <laughs> Paging <laughs> Ashley Barnes. He wears Excellent. it during games, too. All right, well, how about the, uh, the Super League, Brandon? What do you think about the Super League? I think the Super League is the greatest league in all the world. Uh, as far as FPL goes, you can join the Super League, of course. Go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab. Never too late to join. Uh, we've got a little bit of movement this week in the Super League, just running through the top 10, starting at number 10. Nick Tudhope is dropping down there. Football friend FC with 50 points on the week in ninth place. Heating up Aaron Matheson. Eighth place, it's off Wendershen Pet. That's Jay Logowood squad. Seventh place, moving up. Two girls, one schlup. Andrew Ferguson scored 60 points on the week. Sixth place, also moving up. Jordan Pierce, Mount Eden Munters. Dropping down in the rankings, Fabio Borges, our good friend and uh, Argentinian uh, experimental novelist. Clichy's Clean Sheets. Moving up, fourth place, Cruise Control, Steve Sunshine. This is really great pattern, isn't it? You'll get through it. You're almost done. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly I'm like Brent Musburger doing the Always Cheating Super League. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking over me for breakfast tomorrow. (laughs) Third place for Fuchs Ake. I put my phone away. It's all it's all great content here in the Super League. <laughs> Third place, Fufuks Ake Ayu Blinds. Joe Stone's uh, staying strong there in third place. Second place, Gam Trust United. Graham McDonald hailing from the beautiful Edinburgh, Scotland. And in first place, Crazy Coutinho. Prakar Patel scored a big 64, a whopping 1,620 points yeah, on the season. I believe well he's 30 in the world, too. So uh, well, well done to you, Prakar Patel. Yeah, yeah, and, and Graham McDonald, who's a active commenter on our our Slack channel too, I'm certainly certainly rooting for him as well. So, uh, but good luck to everybody, um, and uh, best of luck to me this weekend. I'm hoping to good to luck, start, Josh. Start my climb back up. I have a feeling you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, jeez, uh, <laughs> Rands. Uh, it's okay. You know, I've banked quality seasons. I can handle a bad a bad season. Yeah, I, every, I'm, everyone, no. I'm feeling like a passenger right now, a little bit in this season. I'm sort of. I'm sort of watching it now with with interest from afar. You know, I don't, I don't feel quite as you're sort of like the, the forest. There, you're the Forrest Gump of the 2017-18 season. <laughs> yes. Great things will happen around yeah. you, and you'll witness them. Something, and that's good enough. Something happened over the over the uh, the winter break where I, I like emotionally disconnected from the season. Where I was just like. You know, I just I couldn't get angry. I had reached peak anger, and I was like, I don't, I don't have it in me anymore to get this angry over fantasy. You know, and so it's it's good to have perspective. It's good to have perspective. Speaking uh, of, speaking of, we have some rants this week. Uh, first one comes from Little Jason. Uh, so just seeing these starting elevens for tonight. 
Kenny benched, Janmat benched, Mares, Awal, Stones sick. Um, <laughs> Wonderful, very very friendly. Get well soon. Tweet from Manchester City to John Stones. I like that. Yeah, and uh, four nine start. I like that too. And he says four nine starters, and I have Sermon on my bench, who of course is benched. Uh, hashtag rant over. Um, mm. That's tough. That's tough. That is tough. It, it, the, it, when you have so many bubble players, I mean. I, <laughs> I was really surprised to see Seamus Coleman just pop right up, mm-hmm. um, not not make like a bench appearance sort of ceremoniously, uh, just right back into the starting 11. I mean, like slow clap for him, like to come back from an injury like that is incredible. And he's a great asset to Everton. But yeah, John Joe Kenny is officially dead and buried on that one. <laughs> uh, next rant is from Eric uh, Freeman, who says, going full Maverick kind of sucks. <laughs> which he sent he sent after the fixtures were over um i you know i i didn't really in the end i'm just a little too conservative to have gone full maverick you know i mean i i just the thought of the, the thought of getting rid of sala sterling kane i just i just couldn't do it um and if i had i would have you know i guess that's 20 points right there that i would have lost so um yeah but i do you know i think we really i think you know it was, and thank you again to mike dipietro for being on the last week's podcast but um, we love you, Mike. Yeah, I think I mispronounced his last name. Uh, DePetro. DePetro. Yeah. DePetro. Sorry, we're not Whatever it is. Uh, thanks for being on. But I think we really weighed, you know, how far down that full Maverick road you want to go. And we kind of, I don't think we advocated for the full Maverick. It's like the full Monty. You know, you know that, that's, a, that's a special thing that you have to hold till the end of the season <laughs> or something, you know. Uh-huh. Maybe full Maverick in game week 38, like, more power to you. Full, well, full yeah. Maverick in game love, week 26, that's, that's Love a Theo early. Walcott captaincy in game week 38. Sure, he's, sure. He's been known to hatch. Oh, them. I am, like, I like I am the best. I have a, like, wizard-like ability to pick the perfect captain for game week 38. So I've done <laughs> it. That My best ever season, which was, like, three years ago, I remember I picked uh, Olivier Giroux, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he had a hat trick in the final game of the season. So uh, anyway, uh, Rachel uh, says, is there such a thing as a rage wild card? Uh, how do I stop myself from doing that right now? I hope it's not too late, Rachel, but uh, um, you really want it's that so, full week, don't you? If you're going to rage wild You do. Card. You want to do it right away. That's for sure. But I think what I want to say is wild card is a little bit like, you don't want to just give it away willy-nilly. You hold it and cherish it right. and give it away to the right game week that you think is most deserving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even my wild card, which came early, came after many weeks of me discussing a wild card on the podcast. It wasn't like – it wasn't so – it wasn't super reckless. I mean, everyone knew it was coming soon, you know? Yeah. No, it, it was It was like reading the, the obituary and you're like, eh, I'm not that surprised actually. <laughs> You say that like I've, I've been I've been wrong. You when you read the newspaper and every obituary you read, you say this. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to look at this weekend's fixtures. We're also going to talk as we talk about the fixture. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the January signings in the transfer window as well. So, um, uh, let's see if we can do it. Uh, we kind of um, we've got a lot to talk about here, Brandon. So let's, let's we do. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Same old podcast. All right, Brandon, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, the podcast, uh, you probably listen to it on Thursday. And uh, two days from now, we have uh, the next fixture. It comes uh, very quickly. So um, let's get right into the fixtures. Um, we've got, uh, I guess, we, what you might call a standard weekend slate. We've got 
Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fixtures on Saturday. Uh, I've got two on Sunday, including one that I'm really excited about, and then uh, we've got a Monday fixture as well. So, uh, starting <laughs> just, yeah, just so you know. <laughs> Just so you know, there's a game on Monday. Game on Monday it too. may or may not involve Watford. <laughs> and, and, and Chelsea. They're probably going to concede four goals or something. Um, all right. Early match on Saturday is Burnley Man City. Let's talk briefly about who Burnley Man City have added in uh, in January. Burnley have added Aaron Lennon, who's 5.4% or 5.4 million, 0.1% owned. Yeah, I think a lot of these new transfers that we're going to talk about are roundabout like 0.10%. Not a lot of people have considered these guys until these moves. Some of them may not be worth considering still, but. Yeah, and uh, they also uh, signed um, Nkudu, uh, who I I know he came from Spurs. I don't know anything about yeah, him. Yeah, really. he, he made a he made a few bench appearances for Spurs early in the season. He he's sort of of the mold of and Spurs fans will laugh at me when I when I start talking about this. He's sort of of that um, Harry Winks midfield dynamo sort of a role. Yep, yep. And I you have to like the business that Burnley is doing. I feel like they're really trying to consolidate when they have the type of leverage they have. Um, with the table position, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to grow, and I think bringing an experience like Aaron Lennon, he's like clearly like well on the downward trajectory of his career, but then also a young guy like in well Kudu. on the downward trajectory. <laughs> Yeah, well, well done. No, I love I love Aaron Lennon I, and and the crazy things he does, like the stripes in his eyebrows and whatnot. Yeah, I so I think I would still so Goodmanson is the player I would still prefer. It seems like there's like a, a little Goodmanson bandwagon for me. And I, I, you know, I think we were there first though, Brian. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's five million, and um, I know that he's. Uh, He's very, you know, he's, he's playing in the World Cup this summer, and he's really trying to um, be really actively evolved in the attacking front for for Burnley. Although I don't really think he impressed in uh, the Newcastle match today, um, but he's also point four cheaper, and uh, I think I'd prefer him over Lennon. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I I would guess, and this is a caveat with all these new transfers: is a lot of these are we have to wait and see how the managers choose to roll them out, and are they right. are they starters? Are they just adding depth? And I think you're right about that. I think the elephant in the room with Burnley, and if we're talking about Burnley versus Man City, the prolific scorer of goals, is where do we currently stand with? Burnley clean sheets. You brought in Taylor on your wild card, right? And uh, I, Bardsley. Bar- Bardsley. And I'm on Ben Me as well. And I think a lot of people are struggling to think about, well, if I have a 4.5 million defender opening, is there anyone better than a Burnley defender? Yes or no? Uh, I mean, broadly, broadly speaking. Yeah. Uh, me, well, no, because of their fixtures, because of their upcoming fixtures, I would say no. Yeah. So you, you kind of have to grit your teeth through the upcoming Man City fixture, and then there's some daylight. Right. And even though Burnley have not been as solid as they were at the start of the season, I think I think they'll they'll get through. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and then Man City, uh, the only player they brought in, they, they did not bring in Mares as a uh, as you know, we were all sort of waiting with bated breath to see, and I guess he was, too, he was too he was too <laughs> depressed to play today. Apparently, uh, they brought in uh, Laporte. Um, the uh, I, I don't blame him, by the way. I saw some people being very snarky on Twitter about how it's like all about the money. Of course, it is. I mean, these players don't get treated well by their clubs. You know, like yeah. if you, like if you've got a chance to move on, then you just you know it's, for tons it, of money. Like it's all, all of us would do it in our jobs. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we can talk about the money, which I wholeheartedly agree. And it's your career. And if you're a professional athlete, that window is small. So you must make hay. Yeah. Additionally, is it not also about life experience? So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's like, I'm you sorry. Like, it's like, it's like, you can explain this like you explain study abroad, right? It's like gotta, well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I understand like if you follow a club, that's that's a legacy. That's your life. You, mm-hmm. You're you're your great grandparents, grandparents, etc., held the same seats at King Power um, before it was called King Power. Riyad Mahrez, for the legendary status that he now has for winning the league at Leicester, it's not like he's suddenly going to be the John Terry of Leicester. Maybe he wants to go do something different while right. he has like he stuck around for years left in his career. He stuck around for a year and a half, you know, with the club, and uh, and he played. Wonderfully this year, right? I mean, the reason that they're not in any kind of relegation danger right now is because of how well he played. So, um, anyway, so Marquez did not go to City, uh, and uh, but you know, but he kind of depresses the value, I think, of a lot of those Leicester players now. I just don't know how he's going to play, um, you know, in light of this. Uh, maybe maybe he'll shrug it off. I mean, I hope he does. That's that's Leicester. Let's talk, let's talk about Laporte. Man, Man City being uh, perhaps the uh, the more compelling FPL team here, perhaps. L- Laporte, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> open for discussion. Laporte slots immediately into the Man City lineup. John Stones, as we mentioned, get well soon. Uh, here, here's a here's a card. Um, he's <laughs> card. I bet they emailed him an e card too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They sent him a paperless post. Like, exactly. Oh, if you feel well, John he's Stones. signed by all his teammates. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Signed, immediately slots in, plays 90, gets a clean sheet. Uh, 5.5. Yeah. That is that's that is a Christiansen level price tag. And, you know, that, that could be a pretty straightforward move for a lot of us Christiansen owners. Yeah, that's true. I... I am a, I, the price is great. Uh, I think it's too early to know if he is a stone cold regular starter. I mean, they still have Vincent Company too, who played in the a John Stone Cold. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, Company played in the uh, <laughs> FA Cup match. Apparently, he was okay. I mean, obviously, they weren't going to play him twice in three days or whatever. But uh, you know, now there's like four center backs in that team. You know, like I just, yeah. I would not want. Maybe Otamendi is safe, but I, I would not want to risk. Um, any center back on that squad who wasn't Otamende. And uh, frankly, I think even Otamende is now a bit of a risky uh, center back option. Well, in, in it, we, we final, at least we got Mangala out of the mix. Mangala was a last minute loan to um, to Everton. Right. So, right. But <laughs> just, one. Yeah, but just Otamende, Company, Stones, and, and Laporte alone <coughs> is, is enough to. To yeah. make things a little uh, complicated. I mean, Laporte, it's true. Yeah. I wish I could see into the future and know if Laporte was nailed on. And it, it, sure. It's a, so, how much can we read into Laporte just slotting immediately in? Pep, knowing Pep like we do, he's got a very elaborate system, which apparently took him an entire season to teach this system to Manchester right. City. Well, it sounds like uh, it was a it was a case of necessity, right? I mean, you know, like he if Stones was sick, I mean, if you take that at face value, then oh, if you're you buying know. into the John Stones conspiracy theory, <laughs> where, I saw where he, <laughs> he was in a hospital, man. I saw uh, I saw him like eating a lollipop. It's he's it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I take your point. I think, and I think it's uh, probably best to urge caution. But, yeah. um, but if if it looks like he's nailed on, and and he and Pep wants to run with Odomende Laporte, and sure, if 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 wishes and 
if, what is the expression? If its and butts were a bowl full of nuts, then we'd all have a bowl of granola or something like that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> as for the match itself, I think Man City <laughs> defeats Burnley uh, pretty easily. I yeah. probably like three. Let's say three nil. Maybe maybe three one. Maybe okay. So know, maybe, see, maybe they Burnley nick a goal. Well, let's let's weave a little captaincy chat in in here. Sure. Man City playing away at Turf Moor. Do we think? The armband is fit for Sterling, KDB, Aguero. Yeah, I see better options. I, I, you know, I mean, you could probably captain Aguero just every game week, regardless of fixture, and that would be fine, especially with Jesus still injured. Um, you know, long term, I don't, I don't, I don't. I said long term. We're talking about this fixture. Um, I, I don't think I'll be captain Aguero myself. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, I'm not going to bench him. If that's yeah. what you're asking. I love a KDB. <laughs> that's, what you're, that's what you're driving at. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's, what I, that's what I was getting. I love a 77th minute KDB sub, which basically is Pep giving me yeah. a wink. Like, yeah, we're good. We're, we're bus team locked and loaded. Yeah. All right. So uh, Man City, probably a routine win, uh, even away to Burnley. And uh, we probably won't be captaining any of the uh, Man City players. The 10 a.m. matches, or 10 a.m. in the U.S. anyway. Uh, let's start with Bournemouth Stoke. Uh, Bournemouth, uh, nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms <laughs> of transfer business, there's nothing to see here. I mean, Bournemouth did make quite a statement as the window was closing against Chelsea. Uh, Callum Wilson, he's just been a very divisive player for me, FPL wise, in that he is capable of great hauls, and you know we've we've seen him score as hat tricks and and the like, and then he immediately gets injured. Um, I. I just yeah. I'm I'm very wary of him. I think yeah, I, I feel like you're a little overly down on Callum Wilson. Yeah. Um I mean for for a player who scored, you know, was it four goals in his last six fixtures? Um well, Let me ask you this, Josh. Let's put assists. this uh, this is a bigger FPL question. Do you find that you're more down on players that you have never owned? So I never I've never had Wilson in an FPL side of mine. Mhm. Does that does that is that why I have a chip on my shoulder against Wilson? Like, had I ever owned Wilson during a good game week, that I might be a little more open to him? Yeah, I think I think there is some truth there. I mean, I, I worry about players who are injury prone too. Uh, but you know, he has started the last what is it six six in a row. I guess there's a little bit of a concern that he would not play on Wednesday and then a, a couple days later on Saturday, but. Um, I think he, I think he's probably safe. I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, I've got point eight in the bank right now. Um, I can actually just move Barnes to uh, to Callum Wilson right now. Yeah, um, I mean, so it's, yeah. it's tempting. And also, uh, you were talking of Jordan Ive a couple weeks ago. That assist that he had for the first Callum Wilson goal was really sublime. Just the the pace and yeah, uh, and placement that he had on that pass. So Jordan yeah. Ive continues to be in my thoughts. Totally, yeah, uh, and prayers. He's a really you know really t- talented. I mean, he's a talented player. He came through the Liverpool youth system. Uh, didn't really get anything going last year. Um, he was actually a player that a lot of us had in our squad at the beginning of last season. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, yeah, one one goal and two assists in his last four. Um, and it seems like he's he's locked in a bit of a regular starter job. So It's funny. Bournemouth fringe players have blown up my game week one squads two seasons in a row. It was Jordan Ibe last season, and it was Ryan Frazier this season. So, 
Th- thanks uh, for nothing, cherries. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't. Yeah, maybe that's why you're you're a little biased against Wilson. Um, Stoke City. Uh, the only player I'll, I'll note here is uh, Moritz Bauer, who uh, joined from Ruben Kazan. Uh, 4.5 million, and they have kept back-to-back clean sheets. I have to admit, I am not on the like I'm all in on Stoke bandwagon. Um, just yeah. it just it's taken me a little longer to get over the fact that they were their defense was so terrible for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still not convinced on their attackers, and uh, obviously they were kept. Like Shakiri and, and Chupo is are the the main players here now. Exactly. So, um, but you know, Bowers four point five million. I mean, nobody owns him. He's point three percent ownership. So. Um, yeah, so maybe he's an option. Although, as you note here, Brandon, he's got two yellow cards in his first three matches. Yeah, three, three matches for Stoke, two yellow cards. So, um, you know, clean sheets result, two clean sheets result in uh, five points, five points. I don't know, Bauer, try harder if you want to get into my <laughs> FPL squad. Let me I'm ask still... you this. If you, join, if you join a team in January, it, it, do the yellow card rules for, like, the season, like, do you, do you still have to get 10 to get a suspension, or is it just five, like, once you start playing? It, don't don't put me on the spot like that, Josh. <laughs> there, if you just Google um, uh, Premier League yellow card accumulation, it will take you to a very informative website that will tell you who's on the tightrope and who isn't, and right. all of the rules. So don't right. don't don't come to always cheating for that, for all that <laughs> kind of boring business. That's I, fair. Well, Other people do that stuff better. One. If you Real want quick, boring, there's lots of other places to go. I have. I just want to shoehorn in a hot take here on Stoke okay. City attacking players. Yep. Um, it seems like Shakiri is heavily, heavily favored in the FPL community over Chupamoting. I really want to vouch for the the value, the the cost savings, and I believe that. Okay, assuming Stoke City scores another goal the rest of the season, right? Jury's still out on that one. Uh, I do think that Shakiri and Chupa will probably end up on the same level of points through the rest of the season. So why not save yourself a little bit of money? Or I'm just putting not my get, or just just not get either one. That would just also be an option if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If, I mean, one assist in the last six and no goals for for Chupamoting. So, um, I mean, those guys just just stay away from the midfield. Even Joe Allen, who I know people are, as you mentioned, are kind of. Getting excited about? It. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, as for the game itself, um, what do you think? Bournemouth win two one, something like that. Oh, this is a tough one. I might actually uh, pick this as a draw because okay. I think that's a pretty big high to come off of a demolition of Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and then the play just a few days later. And Stoke City. I mean, as we've been talking about, there is, despite us down talking it, potential at Stoke City. Um, I think it's a 1-1, 2-2 draw. Okay. Uh, Brighton, West Ham. Any transfers to talk about with these teams, Brandon? Yeah, the big guy at West Ham is uh, Jao Mario. Uh, I, I think he'll be affectionately referred to as Mario throughout throughout the land. Comes from Inter Milan. He's a midfielder priced at $6.5 million, And they did roll him out for 90 minutes against Palace this game week. Um I think there are high hopes, and given that Lanzini and Arnie are out for the uh, near future, they're going to be looking to Mario to deliver. Uh, I really have nothing to say about him at this point, um, other than one to watch. 
Yeah, I yeah, exactly. He is. He's one to watch. It's nice to see West Ham bringing a younger player, an under thirty yeah. player. You know, he's like yeah. twenty five. I mean, and, and and also totally agree. And just to throw the the uh, extension onto one to watch because what else is going here on here at West Ham? They're playing Zabaleta in the midfield. They have no real striker outside of Chicharito, who's been having a questionable season. Um, if Mario does come good. There's still not a lot around him to work with at the moment. Yeah, and I still feel like I mean at six point five, six point five it seems a bit high for him. Um, I'm, I'm surprised his price is that high. I mean, this is uh, you know he's talented, but you know he has three goals and forty four appearances for Inter. Um, you know, one goal and thirty one appearances with the Portuguese national team. Uh, you know, just I you know I, I'm not sure if I see him as a as a great FPL asset, but maybe you know he uh, maybe he just needed a, a space where he had some room to. To be a little uh, more attacking. I really enjoyed our visualization over Gchat during the West Ham game this game week of um, Mark Noble existing on the pitch only to <laughs> take penalties. Right. So they've got like a little like child's plastic folding chair right at the the midfield line. Right. And he doesn't he, do he, anything. He just, he just sits there with his legs crossed, drinking a cup of tea. Oh, we've won a penalty. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Brighton, um, uh, Jurgen uh, Lacadio. I have to admit, I've, I've never heard of Lacadio <laughs> until now. Uh, he is uh, six uh, six million starting price, zero percent owned. My goodness, Brian. get in, get in <laughs> first. No. Be the first to get yeah. in a Lacadio yeah. today. He's already out with a hamstring injury. <laughs> Uh, scored nine goals and assisted six for PSV, but you know we you can never take uh, Dutch league point the, you know tally yeah. seriously. Josie Altidore is public enemy number one <laughs> when it comes to Dutch league stats. Yeah, yeah the, the, this we love the Dutch, Brandon. I mean, you know, you and I have spent many uh, many huge, a summer in Amsterdam over the years. Yeah, one of the first countries we liberated during the war, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're all about it. But right. th- this is all just bad news for. Um, for Glenn Murray owners. I mean, I know Glenn Murray scored a penalty. He still looks good for Brighton, but rotation, it, it be forthcoming for Glenn Murray right. and Lacadio when he recovers from his hamstring and then Leonardo Ojoa <laughs> coming in. from Let's just stay away from Ojoa. I like, come on. Like Ojoa is one of those players who like, we know the, the book is out on him, right? Yeah. He's 4.8 million, but he's not a good my, player. My only, my only flag here is Ojoa at 4.8 million. Claxon, look out, Quainar. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure people will look at Joa, but I, I urge them to stay away. Uh, as for the game itself, jeez, uh, I guess it kind of depends on who, if anyone's back for West Ham. And now they've, they've, they've just lost Ayu as well. I mean, not that he was... Uh, not that he has been playing the last few matches anyway. <laughs> not, not necessarily pulling up trees there for West Ham. Yeah. Though he was, he would actually come on and and hustle, unlike uh, some other people in that squad. I, I like could, Brighton in this match. Yeah, I will be starting uh, Shane Duffy. Sure. In this match, hoping for the best. Yep. Uh, I yeah, I, a one nil Brighton win would not surprise me. But um, a nil nil or a one one, I think that's that's in range too. Uh, Lester Swansea, uh, Daniel says, um, thoughts on Mars FPL value um, now that he's staying at Lester. Um, I always thought he was only playing well for the transfer window. Uh, it also looks like he has pissed off his teammates. Okay, the one thing I will say about pissed off your teammates, when you are a central attacking midfielder and you have the ball all the time, your teammates are always going to look at you like a little pissed off. You sure. Because your job is to get the ball to people. And, you know, if it's not to them, they're going to get pissed off. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, the Ron Martin seems like a fine teammate. I, I don't know. It, it did seem like last year he sulked a little, a little bit during the season when, when he didn't, uh, you know, get a get a move. You know, after there was, the championship. I, I saw on Twitter that there was a Leicester journalist who pointed out the fact that it's not like anything has changed for Mares. He put in a transfer request last season. And it's not necessarily that he puts in the transfer request, then withdraws said request, and then resubmits. It's it's known throughout the land that Mares would love another opportunity, and um, I think these guys are all professionals. They can play through it. It'll be fine. If Mares really wants to play football and score goals, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hope that he does. Um, I hope that he doesn't. Uh, it's almost a it's almost a blessing for managers who own Mares because if Mares moves into Man City, you, you kind of have to dump him because you don't know if and when yeah. he's going to play. And although at that, Bernardo at, Silva, man, I not a fan. Brandon, really? No, <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't think he links up well with this team. I don't know. He feels like. He feels like a, a square peg in a round hole with that team. I, I just yeah. – it doesn't feel like – he's young. So, you know, I mean, yeah. you have to give him time. But right now, I just don't I, – I, you know, he is not a an adequate fill-in for Sané. Uh, as for transfers, um, there's actually some interesting – well, the Swansea transfers are interesting. Uh, Andre Ayew, uh, I wish he was cheaper um, because it's, he's $6.8 million. It's a lot to to spend um, on, a, uh, South, uh, on a Swansea uh, midfielder. Yeah. But he is—he uh, was—he was very good for them a couple of years ago. And he's playing with his brother. He's playing with his bro. Though you're actually blowing my mind here, Josh, with this note about Andy King. I totally missed this. I think it happened late. Uh, but yeah, he joined the, right at the end of the window. But how exciting is that? I'm kind of into the Andy King move, right? Like Andy King is good. He's a good player. I guess. But he, how does he not retire at Leicester? That—that that is very strange to me, isn't he? He's like—I think it's—it's a—it's a, it's a, it's a loan move. It's a it's a it's a, it's only a loan. Okay. Yeah, I I Half yeah, he, he really has to retire at Leicester. He came up with them through like every division. Um I'm into he it. He just and wants it, to play, you know. I mean, he's, you know. Yeah, and and Renato Sanchez clearly did not work out at Swansea. There's plenty of room in that midfield for somebody that has a little bit of leadership skill and experience. Yeah. So if if it turns out he's nailed on, then you know, sorry, Milivojevic, I, yeah. I'm going to save point four here. Brandon, stop the presses. He is actually four point two million. He has dropped <laughs> another point one. Whoa. So it, yeah, give it one week, see if he starts. But if Andy King is like slotted right into that team as a starter. And I wonder yeah. if there were some assurances made in order to make this loan deal go through uh, a 4.2 yeah. million, you know, guy with a little bit of talent yeah. um, who is, uh, you know, who's starting um, for Swansea. I think that is a very uh, cheap, a, yeah. an Alexis Sanchez afforder type player. Sure. That, that is a hard buy Felicia to Milivojevic there for me <laughs> at 4.2. Yeah, and I, I just noticed uh, Adrian Silva, who uh, the deal was actually agreed in the fall because of bad paperwork on Leicester's this, part. This is for Leicester City. For Leicester, yeah. Uh, for bad paperwork on Leicester's part, they uh, he didn't actually join until um, until the um, until January. He's kind of been eased into the squad, but he is a, a very talented player. He scored uh, 32, um, 32 goals in 168 matches for, uh, for Sporting, and uh, his price is... Yeah, I feel like they've been really good about updating all the prices on the site uh, as soon as the window closed. Like, they had all of them at the ready. We're, we're of course, going to get to Aubameyang here in a moment. Right. And uh, Silva, excuse me, is um, 
uh, $6 million. So, um, so he's affordable. I mean, I don't really know. I wouldn't recommend bringing him in or anything like that, but he's at least a player to keep an eye out for. Yeah. Kind um, of a Danny Drinkwater replacement. This will be a fun game. I think Swansea is really coming into their own. Mm-hmm. Leicester, a great team playing in a great uh, home pitch at King Power. They mm-hmm. should be pretty evenly matched. I, yeah, I think Leicester will win, yeah. but uh, I would not be surprised if Swansea scored, and I wouldn't even be surprised if Swansea drew in this match. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, it's Manchester United fee everyone's favorite whipping boys. Huddersfield will be in the relegation drop zone after game week 26. It's been real Huddersfield. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been it's been real. Bye bye. Uh, all right. Simon E says uh, our view on which players uh, look like good FPL options uh, with Sanchez uh, and which look worse, um, you know, out of uh, kind of the, the big candidates, the Kaka Lingard, Marshall, et cetera. Um, and then Dave from Burnley says, I'm just going to pair these many other questions together. Uh, Sanchez home debut this weekend versus an awful Huddersfield. How do you afford him? Sell Kane, Hazard, Kuhn, a liver, your, your kids, wife on the game, <laughs> your soul. What, how, who? Yeah. So that's, I, that, that's your big transfer, Alexis Sanchez. What do you think? I told you uh, before the kickoffs today on Wednesday that Sanchez was by far and away the player I most feared in this, this round of matches. And I do think that Sanchez is going to be one of the most talked about players when we start looking at the double game weeks coming up at the end of the sure. season. Um, but yeah, judging by their performance against Spurs, if you go back to Simon E's question about who looks good around Sanchez, there are a lot of personalities there that uh, have some ways to go before they gel. And... Um, Pogba, by all accounts, had a really awful game. Lukaku didn't look too well, uh, apart from his obliged sort of snap shot that stings a keeper's hands. Um, Sanchez, I think, will need to get him in. But again, it sounds like a broken record. It's kind of too early to tell. And then I'm a Lingard owner, like a lot of people out there. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm kind of terrified by the fact that he was subbed very close to the 60th minute. Yeah. That says to me, Mourinho is, and, and you know, patience. he's losing his patience. He's obviously, he's got to be doing a lot of calculations in his mind of, of how do I move these players around? Juan Mata doesn't get the start. Is Mata a guy where he's kind of going to have to try out to see if he works within this mix. So maybe we just, I mean, can we just say it's too early to tell with all these players? I mean, I, I really, including Sanchez, maybe, I mean, it does seem like maybe, maybe that FA cup match, uh, got us all a little too excited and maybe yeah, it's going to take a little while for two the assists for in that FA cup, FA cup match. I agree. Uh, yeah. Sanchez will, will have to have a real discussion about him at some point, but right. given the price, we're not ready. Yeah, I had two two different versions of my wild card. One that had Jamie Vardy and Alexis Sanchez. One that had um, uh, Sergio Aguero and Mkhitaryan. Now, obviously, Mkhitaryan um, was a bit of a. I mean, I knew it was a bit of a punt. And obviously, if I'd known that Theo Walcott was going to go off for a brace, you know, <laughs> I might have considered him. Um, but uh, but I didn't. I'm not going to pretend how, that I did. How did you not know that? Yeah, exactly. How did I know that? Um, <laughs> so, you know, whatever. And so uh, it worked out fine this game week. Um, we'll see well, how so it works where, out. Where would you rather be right now? So Sanchez, mm, yeah. Sanchez had an arguable performance. Manchester United had a terrible performance. Would you rather be I, sitting with him versus yeah. Mkhitaryan? 
I don't regret it, although it is annoying to me that I may have to. I was hoping to have two transfer going to next game week. I may have feel like I may have to burn one now to turn Mkhitaryan into somebody else. Um, and that's annoying. Uh, that was not anything I wanted to have to do. So really, okay. So let's let's talk about that more when we get to the Arsenal Everton okay, fixture yeah. coming up. So that I think that's interesting. All right. So as the game itself, I don't think we have to spend any time in this, right? I mean, I think Man United win. Um, I guess there's a question about how much they win by, right? I mean, I think when we all saw that front five for Man United, we're like, they're going to score like four goals on Spurs today. <laughs> you know, they were they were shut out. So I mean, do you think? Uh, um, do you think they destroy Huddersfield? Do you think they score, you know, four goals? Do you think they score two? What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, they're going to destroy Huddersfield. Um, okay, I I think they're going. To, okay, so if I, I'm going to give you the, if I'm going to paint a picture, I think they're going to destroy Huddersfield in a way that doesn't answer any of our FPL questions because <laughs> Huddersfield, they're just I I don't dislike them as a team. They're they're kind of fun to root for for obvious reasons. Interesting player, fun manager, but they're just they're not equipped for the Premier League. So any performance at, at this point in the season that a big team like United puts up against them, I just don't feel it's going to answer any questions for us. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um, all right, so let's let's do one more and then let's take a break because uh, I'm uh, I need to get a little glass of water here, Brandon. This is this is a lot of talking. Uh, West Brom, Southampton. This, <laughs> thankfully, this one we, we, we can we can go through pretty quickly. I think. Uh, so, a question from <laughs> Drew's top who says: uh, Is storage at West Brom being overlooked as an option? Uh, great record when fit. Uh, could he be a Charlie Austin? Now, Brandon, when I when I you know first heard that Sturridge was joining West Brom, I was kind of like, ah, he's just too expensive, right? Seven point nine. I just I, you know you can't have a player in West Brom who costs seven point nine million. But he looked so good uh, when he when he came on the pitch and really should have scored. Actually, um, it was a tight angle, but he should have scored. Um, I I wonder if he actually is a good option for West Brom. I mean, you know, you never know if he's going to stay healthy, but um, if he does, I mean, that guy is a pretty lethal striker. I can't argue with Sturridge's record from uh, years ago, <laughs> but yeah. it's been it's been a minute and. True. Uh, Lest we, the less we forget, West Brom has a form striker right now, and it's Jay Rodriguez, and he costs $2.4 million less than a totally unproven, injury-prone basket case, Daniel Sturridge. I, yeah. do, I don't buy it. And as good okay. as he may have looked for 12 minutes, uh, Rodriguez is still nailed and playing the full match. And uh, uh, okay, yeah. Hashtag wait and see. Maybe that's just priming the pump, and Sturridge is is straight into the the uh, starting eleven next game week. But no, I, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not either. I mean, I'm not, not saying you can run out and buy him, but I, I do think. Uh, I mean, it's point eight percent ownership. I don't know if you wanted to. Um, if you want to be a little it, different, he's, it would be it option. would be really cool. I mean, how many times can we talk about there are no strikers worth considering? That I mean, okay, Jay Rodriguez. Um, having said what I just said, five point five is is too expensive for the way all of our teams are set up. Like yeah. Jordan Ayew is about as expensive as anyone uh, in the top, you know, two hundred fifty k is willing to go with their third striker. So it's like almost even Rodriguez is too expensive. Why am I talking about this? If Sturridge <laughs> turns around and says I'm going to compete with Roberto Firmino, 
okay, but that just it just seems a, a bit far fetched at the moment. Um, I like this little bit of news you had here that Hagazi loan deal <laughs> bought outright. Congratulations, Hagazi. They made it, they made it official. <laughs> Hagazi is one of them now. It's amazing. The guy that we debated, I feel like every podcast for three or four podcasts in a row, the you know, the game weeks two, three, four, and five, it was is Hagazi gonna start? Is he going to keep a spot? He has started every single man game this season. I think he might be the only defender on West Brown that started every single game this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, Hagazi is a pretty good player playing on him. I um, mean a good de- good defender making the best of a bad situation. Yeah, but there Brown. was a version of my wild card that had Hagazi in it. Um, West Brom have some decent fixtures coming up. I yeah. didn't ultimately do it, but it would have. You know, I mean, he's he's cheap. He's like I think he's only four point six million. Okay, one one big Southampton transfer we have to mention. It's the player most likely to be Meadow Soprano's boyfriend in season two of The Sopranos. It's Guido Carrillo coming from Monaco to Southampton, priced at six point five million. He's a big target man. Uh, Southampton are in need of a striker with Gabby Adini yes. totally out of form. Yes. Uh, Shane, Shane Long, Long being what he is, and yep. uh, that's that. So another one to watch. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I just feel like Southampton is too good to keep this like run of of bad form up for much longer. I mean, there there's just too much talent in that team. You know, I mean, I know that they they've lacked. There's like some attacking thrust that they're missing right now, but. Defense is very solid. Um, midfield is is perfectly all right. It's a, it's a Premier League level midfield, right? Uh, you know, and so if they, if if this guy, you know, if, if Carrillo can can come in and stabilize things a little bit, then then they should be fine. Um, I just I have a hard time thinking they'd actually get relegated this year. And predictions for this game in particular, Southampton West Brom sounds like yeah. a fun nil nil. Yeah, I think it's a hard game to predict. I'll say one one. Yeah, yeah, very very evenly matched here. And off of that really hot button, I think we should take a break, Josh. And we'll it. come back. We'll talk about the late game and other games at the end of Game Week 26. Same old podcast, always shading. Josh, we're talking a lot about the closing of the transfer window this podcast. And speaking of transfers, starting 11, the Daily Fantasy uh, Premier League app, which allows you to make live transfers during games. You set your starting 11 within your starting 11 app. If somebody goes off injured, say Slomani gets loaned to your team in the middle of a game. You can bring <laughs> you can bring Slomani in. That's and true. It, it's, it's no problem. It's all true. You know who you could sub in in a uh, in starting eleven. You could you could you could sub in Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge maybe not ownable in fantasy, very yeah. ownable in starting eleven. It is interesting. Yeah, all these players that were sort of um, you know uh, blowing off in our FBL conversation. These are all game changers in starting eleven, where there is no budget. As we're saying, there are live substitutions while the games are going on. So you're playing head-to-head matches against your friends, against strangers all around the world or in the bar or, or the, the right. grounds in which you're watching the games. And, 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 it's da- and it's daily fantasy. So it's not, you know, so players on lesser teams become a lot more important because, you know, you can only play the players who are playing in that particular day. You know, to so use your to use your uh, Daniel Sturridge uh, example, what if you really hate West Brom? Uh, 
you don't even have to play starting 11 on a day that West Brom is playing a match. You have to deal <laughs> with true. it. Just play that's, starting that's 11. That's a hard and fast <laughs> rule. There's still plenty of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's it's a beautiful app. All you have, It's available for your Android and your iPhone. Just go to starting11.io, starting11.io, or go to those app stores to download the app today. And uh, all you have to do is start an account. And you can challenge us, the cheaters. We are playing head-to-head against all of our listeners. All you have to do is send us a direct message or an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com. Josh, you took on a few of our listeners in Game Week 25. I did, yeah. I took on I, – well, I challenged three. Only two of those three uh, took me up on my offer. So Wow, um, chicken. Got a, got a bone, bone to pick with one of them. But uh, Gabriel Cassianos, I defeated. And uh, Stephen Toomey, who uh, seems to pop up on this podcast a lot, doesn't he? He, he is an avid starting Man 11 player. He's quite yes. good. Uh, maybe pe- people don't even want to challenge you or me, Josh. They just want to challenge Stephen Toomey. Yeah, we'll broker that. If you want to do that, we'll <laughs> – um, so challenge me, Brandon, or Stephen Toomey, and uh, <laughs> that happened. Uh, but we actually, and I, I, God help us, Brandon, I, I unlocked our DMs. So anyone uh, can DM us now, not even like, you know, t- typically the way DMs work is you've got to follow each other. Uh, now it can be anyone, not even people we follow can DM us with uh, with uh, spam links and uh, starting 11 challenges. So, um, you know. So uh, check it out. Uh, we're uh, you know we're really committed though to playing um, you know every every time we you know every match every match day that we can um, throughout the rest of the season. And uh, Brandon has personally said we were talking about this just before we recorded this uh, that he will take on any comers for Saturday's games. He'll take any them all you. on. Any, any of you. And I'm any looking at I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and you thought I wasn't looking at you. I'm also looking <laughs> at you. I want challenges from all of you. Just download the app, uh, starting11.io, and we'll play Starting 11, the next game flight. All right, Brandon, we got one more game on Saturday. Uh, Arsenal-Everton, hey, the Theo Walcott comeback match. I mean, Arsenal, they're so generous. They will, they will, they will sell their players to anybody. It doesn't matter... If they're going to play them in a couple of weeks, it doesn't matter if they are a rival for a Champions League spot. They are just no problem. the nicest guys in sports. Um, so uh, Let's just have fun. Yeah. Uh, so uh, AM Saturday says, I've got two questions here about Everton. Uh, AM Saturday says, uh, what are your thoughts about Walcott? Is he a good uh, midfielder to invest in to replace Lingard? Um, and FPL Troll says, is Seamus going to make a difference? Is Seamus going to make a difference? Uh, that's a tough one. I always think of, I mean, Seamus is a pretty good all-around wingback, but I always think of him as an attacking player. Maybe mm-hmm. he, so if the question is, will Seamus help the attack for Everton? Probably. Will he help uh-huh. the defensive record for Everton? Uh, he just said make a difference. Well, yeah. I mean, he's just got a strong personality. He's a good uh, citizen. He'll make a difference in the world. I have no he's doubt high, about it. Well, he's a high-quality player. I mean, they may they may win more games and score more goals uh, with Seamus Coleman in that squad. I mean, you know, John Joe Kenny is is a talented young 13-year-old, you know, defender. But I think, uh, you know, I mean, Seamus Coleman, he's he scored like 40 goals. I, I mean, I think you're right there. What's been missing from this Everton squad is that they've been trying to buy experience. Guys like Sigurdsson or Rooney coming back to the club. They have missed players like 
I don't, am I really going to mention Leon Osman here? But right. Seamus Coleman is a guy who has a relationship with the club, and he is that linchpin that they really need to, you know, groom the young guys like the Tom right. Davies and Adam Lukmans of the world, and also right. have some continuity there for the new big time players that are coming in. So yeah, I totally buy into that. Coleman yeah. should help. So I think uh, Coleman's actually only scored twenty two goals in his career, but that's that's still a fair amount for a. For a right back. Um, all right. So uh, as for uh, Arsenal, they, you know, oh, so in terms of transfers, Arsenal uh, had a pretty big window. I mean, they 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 did bring in uh, Aubameyang. Uh, they brought in Mkhitaryan. They signed Ozil to a long term deal. Perhaps um, the biggest news of the window. Not, I mean, not that deals really mean anything in in yeah. the modern game, but. That commitment is huge, I think, for them. Yeah. If you were down in Arsenal, and it's very easy to be right now, uh, and I certainly have been, um, it does make you feel like, I mean, at least they got some deals across, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I, my concern is the age of the players they brought in. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like they're building for the future. But um, I think a lot of people made the argument that if you don't have Ozil, Obama, if you don't have players of that caliber in the squad, it's very hard to get a 20 year old Thomas Lamar to to convince them to join that team, yeah. you know, like you've got to be, you've got to have players that people have heard of, you know, like right. that, you know, an 18 year old guy has got to have to like, might've been Aubameyang in FIFA at one point, you know, like yeah. it helps to have these like, you know, and then they're also talented, of course, too. I mean, they're just going to help Arsenal win in the in the short term as well. So <laughs> I like that as a litmus test. Have you played as this guy in FIFA before? Then you might want to join this club. So Aubameyang is officially in at 10.5 then, Brennan, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, he is officially in, and I think that makes pretty logical sense given that we're equating yep. him with Lacazette. Lacazette yep. was also at 10.5, though he's dropped down to 10.3. Uh, yeah, curious to see how this one works out. No idea. Given given how <laughs> yeah. well it worked out for Mkhitaryan in his first match. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. are not, a, despite all the positivity about the transfer window, Arsenal have been a team in free fall. I mean, a team yeah. in, like, top six freefall for seasons now. Moving uh, Aguero to Aubameyang in two or three fixtures um, once once Jesus comes back uh, is, is a move that I think makes a lot of sense. It would free up uh, something like 1.3 or 1.4 million. Uh, Arsenal, okay, so here's Arsenal's run of fixtures. Um they have uh, they play Everton and they play they, so game week's twenty seven twenty eight they play Spurs and Man City um, and then it's it's smooth sailing for a long time and they uh, they do have some uh, Europa League commitments but uh, Aubameyang is cup tied can't play in the Europa League yeah. um, I think that's true of, they're not really uh, fulfilling Mataran those as commitments well. as they were yeah and they don't have FA Cup commitments so they are not going to miss any matches throughout the rest of the season however we could say this they don't have the likes of Debussy, Giroud or Walcott to play in the Europa League anymore so where does that leave them I I don't know I I don't know if they can win I mean I you know does Lacazette turn into a Europa League specialist or something yeah um maybe they I think there's a way for Lacazette and Aubameyang to play together but I it does seem I don't know. You know, I mean, luck is Aubameyang has played on the wing. Before. I, I don't think he will play on the wing, but I don't know. It's 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 just going to be interesting to see how Wenger fits it all together because you've got Aubameyang, you've got Mkhitaryan, you have Ozil, um, and uh, um, am I missing somebody? Lacazette. Um, but that feels like four players for three slots. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all yeah, all so works out. Yeah, so you were, you were talking about your wild card. You're now kind of eager to 
get rid of Mkhitaryan right away. So how are you reconciling that with this idea of getting Aubameyang in in a couple weeks? Well, I guess my question is, where are you at with Mkhitaryan right now as a new owner? Well, it's, you know, there's a quote from Wenger where he talked about how he's going to ease him in. So I, I think there's at least a concern that he, he may not start this weekend. Um, I would love it if it came out in a press conference in the next couple of days that he was going to start this weekend. It would, I would not, I would not uh, swap him out. Um, but because they play Spurs in Man City in um, game weeks 27 and 28, there's not a great reason to keep him anyway. And so I, I almost feel like it's just a, it's an opportunity to just chalk it up as a, you know, as a as a bad play, my wild card, and and invest in somebody else and, and move on. So, yeah. um, I don't love Walcott for this match, though. I would not go Mkhitaryan. I, I would just was, would start up not bringing Walcott for this kind of match. I, Walcott is a very sensitive lad, right? He's like a smart guy. Like he's smart. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. he's an intelligent person. He's very fam- like famously like a nice guy, right? Uh, like too nice. Some some might say. He is he is not going to play well at, at at the Emirates. I really do not feel confident that he is going to have a, a huge match when he comes back. I think he's going to play like crap. Uh, that would be my guess. Yeah. Um, what do you think? There was a huge brace bump today. As we have been podcasting, Walcott went from 7.1 to 7.2. So people definitely responded to his performance today. But, yeah, I agree with you. Well, do I agree with you? I don't know. Well, well, I like him. I like him after game week twenty six. I mean, after that, it's Palace, Watford, Burnley, Brighton, Stoke. So maybe you just get in early. Um, I don't, I don't the, know. The uh, AM Saturday bringing up this idea of moving Lingard to Walcott, and that that sounds pretty good to me. I kind of wish I had the funds to do that because I'm feeling very scared about Lingard's position in this United team, even though he hasn't missed a start. Yet recently, yeah. but you would do that before an away match to Huddersfield versus. Or are they home to Huddersfield or away? I forget. Oh, uh, Lingard. Yeah, uh, they're United. Yeah, they're at Old Trafford to Huddersfield and Old Trafford. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just thinking long term, but that's quite a stretch. I mean, now with seven point two for Walcott, that's that's a million to get to Walcott. That seems like like quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just such an awkward price. Like that is. Who who is your seven point one midfielder? Is that your Raheem Sterling's slot, who is considerably more expensive than that, and get, you're getting many more returns? It's like I I go from Sterling down to Lingard. I've got KDB and Salah, then Sterling, then Lingard. There's yeah. not a lot of room for Walcott in there, and I'm I'm interested to see how teams work him in. Yeah, well, we'll we'll just have to see. I mean, I I could work him in quite easily. I just I just don't want to do it before the uh, before the Arsenal match. Um, Sanctosin was benched today. Yeah. That that's that's not cool. I thought <laughs> I thought Sanctosin yeah. looked pretty good. Um, yeah, just got to give him some time. I guess so. And and then Mangala was the other last minute loan deal. So Mangala coming from Man City to play central defense for Everton. All right, so we talked about uh, we have not talked about Arsenal. We talked about Czech a little bit. We have, we didn't talk too much about Arsenal's loss. Um, we haven't talked about Nacho Monreal being arguably the best striker in the league. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we need to. That's kind of a given. I think we all know that he's he's slightly better than Aguero at this point. Yeah, Marcus Alonso never heard of him. <laughs> 
Uh, and he's so attacking now, too. I actually think he could have had two goals in that game. It was it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you think Arsenal wins? I mean, they're home to Everton. <sighs> it's, it's interesting. Definitely coming off of these results, Arsenal are, as I said, in a tailspin, and Everton had a really nice result against Leicester. But th- this is impossible to call. You don't know which Arsenal team is going to show up. Therefore, why bet why bet on them FPL wise? This okay. is this is like a stay away fixture for me. Okay, fair okay. enough. Fair. Enough. I actually think that's uh, that's a reasonable assessment. Uh, Sunday's matches: uh, Palace, Newcastle. Palace have my new favorite player, Brandon. Let's, okay, see, let's hear reasons, about it. Two reasons for this. One is his name is Sorloff. We will never say his first name in the podcast. It is only Sorloff. Yeah. Sorloff the Great, Sorloff the Magnificent. Uh, Sorloff Lord Sorloff. Is, Sorloff is a striker, uh, a Norwegian footballer, uh, also plays for the Norway national team. I'm surprised he's Norwegian and he plays for the Nor- Norway national team. I'm part Norwegian. <laughs> I don't play for the Norway national team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brandon, our third highest listener in audience is Norway. I I want a a Norwegian player for us to root for. We've yeah. had we've had the Volkswagen. We've had uh, Mbakani. We've had a lot of fun players. I am all in on the Sorloff bandwagon. I am considering renaming Always Cheating Sorloff. Just the word Sorloff. Now the question is: Do you, do you put the stripe through the Sorloff, or do you just? <laughs> And is it all caps? I feel like Sorloth really should be in all caps. I think it should be in all caps and it has to be in like old English lettering, <laughs> like it's like it's a tattoo on Tupac's uh, like breast or something like that. That's <laughs> how it would be feel amazing about if we just went into the iTunes store and we just straight up changed the name of the podcast to yeah. Sorloth. <laughs> Sorry, if you're if you were looking for always cheating, now just search Sorloth. That is spelled S <laughs> O with a line through it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the read on Sorloff? Is he going to start right away on Palace? Is I mean we're uh, we're talking about Christian Benteke's uh, yeah, chair. Yeah, I think there's I think in. there's a good. So the what's cool about Sorloth is he has never gone a game without scoring a, a goal. This has never happened. Wow, right. he, he's like the yeah. leader of uh, North Korea. Uh, like he's <laughs> scored a <laughs> hole in one every time he went golfing. <laughs> No, I th- he's a talented player. They they paid a uh, $9 million for him, which is, uh, I don't know, in today's, compared to Van Dyke or something, it's it's not very much. But yeah, for Palace, I guess that's a, that's still a bit of an outlay. Um, I don't know. I are, We have a lot of Norwegian listeners, as I mentioned before. Um, let's let's have them chime in and let us know what to think about Sorloth. Team but, Sorloth. Yeah, let's do go, it. Good or bad, I am all in on the Sorloth bandwagon. Newcastle, on the other hand, have some um, possible playable assets that they brought in. Um, no disrespect Sorloff to Sorloff. Sorloff, sure, Sorloff sure. is my god now. I accept that. <laughs> so uh, Kennedy, who uh, was brought in from Chelsea to Newcastle, he is classified as a midfielder and mm-hmm. uh, priced priced to sell, Josh, at 4.7. Yes. That's a Milivojevic yes. price tag right there. Yes. Yes. So first game in for Newcastle, he wins a penalty, gets an assist for his FPL managers. Uh, the problem is, what's up with Newcastle? Now, you rode the Newcastle train for for about a month. You had some highs and lows. Three weeks. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got two two out of three. That's, that felt like two clean sheets out of three. Yeah. Um, so 
Kennedy, I think, is interesting, an interesting differential if he's going to be heavily involved in the attack. Newcastle need to score some goals if they're going to keep themselves out of trouble right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then perhaps even even more compelling, uh, given the madness that Jocelyn is actually still playing for new playing, playing professional football and mm-hmm. allowed to take penalties. Uh Newcastle is in dire need of a striker. Terrible penalty today, too. <laughs> yeah. So Slomani comes in. He's uh, priced from his Leicester days at $6.6 million. Yeah. Sort of like what we were saying earlier about the pricing of strikers. It's kind of awkward still at 6.6. I know. I wish he was just a little bit cheaper. Uh, at 5.5, I think he, like, I would, I would be very excited about him. But, um, yeah, so those are interesting players. I mean, Kennedy, I'm a little thrown off that he doesn't have two N's in his name, but... Yeah, um, I'll try not to hold that against him. Uh, as for the game itself, uh, I'm excited because I I have Milivojevic and I finally get to play him, and so I'm hoping that they. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I added too many syllables there or, or not. Milivojevic. Uh, yeah, Milivojevic. That's how I have to remember. Absolutely, how I say it. absolutely. Uh, he is. Uh, I assume he's going to score a double hat trick in this game. Um, that's that's Probably. the hope anyway. Uh, I think you're, we're going to be watching these Sunday games with FPL Penguin too, so I'm, I'm excited about that. At least, at least the Liverpool Spurs game after this. Yeah. Hashtag uh, FPL so, Zoo. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Palace win this game. I think Newcastle still got some some work to do, uh, a lot of work to do. Um, I think Palace win two 0 Yeah, probably. A, yeah, I feel the Palace victory here, particularly with Lord Sorloth playing for them. Uh, I do. I do predict that it's a nutty game. I think there are going to be quite a few goals here. Yeah, late. Maybe a late winner from Sorloth in the 99th minute. Maybe there's a maybe a player gets concussed and is on the pitch. So you're saying it's going to be if you're saying it's a late Sorloth winner, it's probably scoreline seven eight because Sorloth (laughs) usually only scores upwards of eight goals. Right. So you'll have the six from Milivojevic. And then you'll have another, you'll have seven from um, Joselu. Actually, Joselu's going to go for seven, which is amazing. Uh, and then, and then wow. Sorloth with a late break. Okay. I will have no trouble waking up early for this match. All yeah, right, what's next? I, um, yeah. Uh, the last game on Sunday. Sorry, everybody. We're being so goofy today. Um, Liverpool Spurs, uh, Virgil van Dyke joined the squad. And he has made a huge difference so far wow. in the Premier League, hasn't he? I mean, he's changed everything. <laughs> what a guy. What a, what a huge what a huge presence in the locker room and on the pitch. <laughs> on the bench, yeah. even, you could say. <laughs> so he hasn't played. Uh, I guess he did. He did score that goal in the FA Cup. Uh, sure. It didn't ultimately matter because they got knocked out anyway. Uh, but uh, eventually he will play for... I mean, Liverpool like got themselves like in legal trouble to bring him in. So I assume they're going to hope to... They're going to eventually get him into their squad. Hey, if um, I know anything about Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, he'll sort it right out. <laughs> but he'll he'll, he he'll get that defense out. sorted right away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, you know, he's. I, we, neither of us are still buying on that Liverpool defense. So they did keep a clean sheet um, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Uh, Spurs, uh, Lucas Mora, which is um, an intriguing signing. Lucas Mora. I mean, he's you know part of that like kind of. Real Madrid light PSG squad, you know, where they just bring in yeah. huge players and then sell them off after a year or two. And uh, he's 25 years old. I know he's really highly rated. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Lucas Mora? Yeah, um, I'm a little troubled by the fact. I mean, I know PSG basically spent $1 billion over the summer to bring in Mbappe and mm-hmm. uh, 
that Brazilian guy, Neymar, right? Um, so it's no surprise that Mora couldn't get into the squad, but he didn't play for PSG. I'm sure that's why he looked for a move. Um, he's not cup tied, so he can't play in the Champions League for Spurs. I do wonder how much of a depth signing this is versus a is Pochettino actually going to bring somebody in to replace the train wreck that is Musa Sissoko? So I, I yeah, do you, that that would be that would make sense, right? Um, yeah, and maybe Sun might be under threat a little bit as well. Um, although he's obviously he's played really well the last uh, you know uh, you know several months. Yeah. Um, the sticking point here is eight million. This price tag is. It's yeah. actually interesting because that points to the FPL Towers thinking that Mora is is going to be a real factor for Spurs. That's compelling. That's interesting. I will watch him. As for the, but there's no yeah, way I'm paying I, $8 million for a guy I've no, never seen no, play in, obviously in the league. Not, obviously not. But he's uh, it's an exciting buy for, for Spurs. It seems, like, it seems like they got him for pretty good value, too. Liverpool-Spurs is the, is the match. Uh, I have no idea what the uh, what the score is going to be here, or who, even who's going to win. I w- this is not this a match game could I would not, gamble on. It could not be more. It could not be better set up. So who is? Are, would you consider captaining Firmino, Salah, Kane in this match? I mean, uh, what, where is your where is your captain right now? What's your bus team uh, captain? Uh, where is my, I think, I think I actually, my bus team is a bit of a joke right now because it was, it, I think it is just, oh, actually, no, my bus team is not a joke. Uh, I have, (laughs) I have the armband on Kane. I have the Mm -hmm. vice captaincy on Christensen though. That's a weird one. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, that, that, was, seems, that was that seems bad. That was yeah, we'll get reckless. to him in just a second. So yeah, we are, uh, we, we, we were yeah. talking before we started recording the podcast about how Kane is probably going to rank pretty high in the captaincy polls, and he'll be yeah, solid too, right? I mean, why not? It's solid almost never fails to deliver. You know, I mean, very rarely. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, even when it comes down to his teammates literally just handing him the ball with their hands to set down and shoot into the yeah. goal. So I will say that typically there is a karmic punishment that comes with that and he did not he made the penalty, but I do wonder if something bad is coming his way because stealing a penalty off another player, I feel like there's just like it's bad juju, you know. Yeah, but he didn't tech okay, so he technically didn't steal it. Also I would say about karmic punishment, Salah probably seems like one of the better human beings on planet Earth, from what I can tell. He does seem like a good guy. I like Salah too. Yeah. I'm sure it was karmic actually for him to score the penalty. He deserved that. Well, instant <laughs> karma didn't get him. So maybe maybe he's maybe he's okay. No, I, I uh, think Harry Kane Harry Kane well above Salah in this discussion for me because sure, Liverpool's yeah. defense is utter trash, as we were saying. And <laughs> Spurs have had their yeah. defensive difficulties, but as they demonstrated against Manchester United, they can play as a cohesive unit front to back, unlike Liverpool. So you yeah. really have to like Kane here. I think this is a difficult game week for for a, for like there's there's no clear cut captain this game week I would say maybe 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 Alexis if you had him, um, so I think yeah I think uh, Kane is Kane is where I am currently planning to I'm, I'm currently planning to captain Kane as well, uh, I mean vice captain I don't know maybe Aguero it's, it's not a tough not one. Christensen. Not questions. I, that that has not. to be some sort of error. I have to look into that. Sometimes the app, you know, the app can be weird sometimes. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. And uh, yeah, so the game itself, uh, I'm not even going to hazard a guess. I really have no, I, I would believe any scoreline. I, I would believe a 4-3 scoreline like the uh, like the City-Liverpool match a couple weeks ago. Oh, Sarloth-esque. Sorloth. I uh, yeah, I imagine there could be a full a full Sorloth in this game. <laughs> Seven goals is now a Sorloth. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just like the Giroux was an FPL player getting five points at the end of the game. <laughs> now if there's a match of seven yeah, goals, I, I cannot wait Sorloth. to watch this game. It's gonna be exceptional entertainment, I hope. I totally agree. I bet there's like a goal within four minutes. Uh Chelsea Watford is the final game on Monday. Uh, we had more questions that we can answer about rage transferring Christensen. Uh, it is, it, it's amazing. It's amazing we've gone this long without talking about it. Um, have you ever, I mean, it is the most amazing troll job, right? I mean, okay. it's not just these three consecutive games. Stop. Stop right there. I think, okay, Christensen oh. is a joke and let's not talk about him anymore, but I, I, I do not want to hear this, uh, Christensen is the ultimate troll because guess who else plays on Chelsea? Guess who else had a certain high degree of captaincy this week? Guess who else did nothing? Eden Hazard is still trolling around uh, this league. Eden Hazard. It's, it's yes, a big right, smokescreen. Yeah. This whole Christensen thing yeah. is a Freemason, uh, like mm. Bilderberger level conspiracy to hide us from the fact that Hazard mm. is still out there. Uh, doing like global extinction level troll events. So I'm not hmm. buying into it. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't come here to talk about Hazard, but. Uh, <laughs> but but that, that crazy, said, though. yes, Christensen's got to go. Priority number one. This is, it's it's madness. It's absolute madness. It's, it is true madness. Uh, then uh, Nav says, is Alonzo worth his price if he's now a rotation risk? Now, you know, I don't think that he's a rotation risk. I mean, uh, Emerson Palmieri joins from Roma. Five point five million, uh, twenty three or you know twenty three years old. Um, scored a goal last needed, season, Josh. He scored a goal. They, they needed they needed depth at left wing back. It was insane. There was no depth there. It yeah. was there's really no one. I mean, there's you know on Moses' side, you've got Moses and um, uh, and Zappa Costa, right? And those yeah. guys are both excellent players. Uh, but with I mean, yeah, it, it does make him a slight rotation, right? But. You know, of the last, you know, 13 games of the season, I think he'll play, you know, 12 out of 13. Yep. And, and, the, and the same token, just because there is there are now two players that could play left back on Chelsea, that doesn't mean that we, we have like PTSD from rotation early in the season. <laughs> just because yeah, there are two yeah. players that play left back doesn't mean it's going to be in every other weekend. This isn't like your parents got divorced and next weekend, you actually have to go to Emerson Palmieri's house. Right, yeah. <laughs> Alonzo is the true, man. Yeah. He is the best yeah. defender in the game right now. Chill. Yeah. Best attacking defender. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, and, and I guess you're talking about FPL, not, not real. Who, who, is, who do you think is the best? This is like totally off topic, but fantasy aside, who is the single best defender in the Premier League? Ooh. That's, a, that's an interesting question. I haven't spent much time... Thinking about sure, <clears throat> the, the, the name that immediately comes to mind is uh, Cesar Aspilicueta. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like, what? How do you define that? If you, if I say who's the best defender, and now I'm thinking about who makes the best tackles, I think about all these great um, like midfield <clears throat> mercenaries, attacking fullback types. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like Adrisa Gay and uh, Angola Conte and guys like that. 
defenders have weird jobs in the league right now. Um, that's that's a really good question. I be I would I will punt that to the listeners. Who is the best okay. defensive defender? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and and, and you can yeah we'll, we'll say defensive defender, even just straight up best defender. You know, on your own, uh, whatever whatever you know rubric that you use. Um, so Emerson Palmieri, we talked about uh, Olivier Giroud uh, joined. Uh, they got a lot. They got a little bit of excitement today. I <laughs> you know. I don't really know why people are excited about that because he's not going to start really. I mean, Maybe as long as, you know. Well, Batshuayi goes to Dortmund, so he's gone. Right. Uh, Murata has problems, like big problems. I mean, he's had high yeah. highs, but he's had very low lows this season. I right. can definitely see Giroud starting a couple of games. A couple of games. I mean, you know, you can't pay eight point two million for a guy who's not going to. He's not guaranteed to start every game. Okay. Yeah, I really. I, I now realize there was mo- no point to me raising my voice just then. Yeah, nobody's going to buy this guy. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking uh, of no point <laughs> to anything, Ross Barkley seven point yeah. three. Uh, no, no, nope, not not yeah. happening. There was a really funny article in the Guardian. I can't remember who wrote it last week about. It, it was just like one of the all time worst debuts uh, <laughs> when he got on the pitch. Uh, at Watford, talk about a big fat nope. Uh, Delafeu, six, six million. Uh, why is he back in the Premier League? Like, who is excited about this guy? <laughs> I, just, I don't get it at all. He he's just like he's just drives around looking for looking for pickup games, basically. Yeah, uh, I guess so. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, not, I guess not, he joined for Barcelona, which may have some people excited, but th- this guy is like a proven mediocrity. If you look at when when we were so stoked about De La Feu and his, his primo season at Everton, looking back on the stats, that amounted to two goals and nine assists. Now, nine assists, that's a decent enough number for a low grade, like a fourth midfielder. But two goals and throw on top of that, uh, he's playing on a Watford team that is in com- complete disarray right now, sadly. I mean, how how did this happen? Watford were poised to just it's, take take it to the next level this season, <laughs> and it is all just falling apart like a house of cards. It's that Everton job, and Silva got his head turned and and, uh, and wanted it, and I guess it just that's what it was. I think that's really what it was. I think it's that simple. Sometimes They're, no, they made they made an excellent point on the second captain's podcast. Uh, one of my favorite uh, pundits, Ken Early, was saying Watford have basically made a a cottage in industry of bringing in a really decent manager who delivers to them a decent season and they immediately fire them and bring in somebody new. If you run a club like that, how are you going to expect the people you employ to have any sense of loyalty to you? Why is Marco Silva going to be like, oh, well, I'm here to stay. Obviously, that's what happens at Watford. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I don't know. It's it's a proven approach for them. You know, they hire a new manager every year and they're in their third year in the league. So uh, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of agree, but it also, I don't know. They're like, everything that Watford does is like not the way I would do it, <laughs> but it's like, it kind of, it seems to work. For we them. all, we all work with uh, somebody like this, right? Like somebody has a very <laughs> unconventional approach that doesn't yes, register with you at all, but somehow they totally. still continue to get promotions and deliver their projects on time. Oh yeah. I think a lot of people think I'm that person. <laughs> You're job. Watford. Suddenly you wake up and you realize, oh wait, I'm Watford. I'm Watford. Uh, so I am, uh, I am hosting Chelsea on Monday. <laughs> uh, do you think that Watford have any chance of, of, of 
beating Chelsea at home? I think Chelsea are going to. Oh, actually, they're not playing at Stamford Bridge. They're playing right, exactly. Yeah, they're they're playing at uh, whatever mustard colored stadium it is that Watford play in. And <laughs> but I still think Chelsea are going to blow them out of the water. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think they I think they win too. I I, I they probably concede some stupid goal, so I'll guess it's a three one Chelsea win. All right, that's it, Brandon. Uh, the I transfer think, uh, window is closed. The transfer window is closed. I think we uh, we covered a lot of. There's obviously a lot more to talk about, and we'll we'll you know we'll know more as uh, as we start to see what these rotations look like. I mean, you know, stuff like is Andy King going to start for Swansea? Mm. I mean, maybe that's not anything that that a a non fantasy fan cares about, but it could actually be a a crucial thing to know for for future wild cards. I mean, I've. I got Milivojevic, right? I could I could save half a million a, by by moving this. It's a huge two. move. It's a huge move. Uh, so uh, captains, we've talked about that a little bit. I think we're we're in agreement there yeah. for now, at least. I'm I'm on Kane. Yeah. Transfers, I'm really I'm really up in the air about mine. I I have to decide. I just I really I'm hoping that Wenger tips his hand a little bit about about Mkhitaryan and whether he starts. Yeah, likewise, I'm kind of looking for a hand tip from Pep that which will never come. Uh, Laporte. Christensen to Laporte, based on the clean sheet today, seems great. I feel like Christensen is my new priority. I thought it was yeah. going to be getting rid of Loftus-Cheek for somebody like an Andy King, a Kennedy, a Milivojevic, some playable fifth midfielder. But, yeah, there I am. Christensen's got to go. That's the move. And Kane, captain. All right. Well, that's your podcast. Uh, you can support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we continue to get new patrons and uh, we continue to hang out with them uh, all day, every day on Slack and uh, and obviously on Twitter and, and Facebook as well and, and even on Gmail. Josh, you had a really um, good idea. Speaking of tipping the hand uh, for a special Patreon podcast, it's been a while since we've done one. But if you're a Patreon member, you get to submit a mailbag question, and we're going to do a special right. mailbag it's podcast. A, it's an ask us anything type. Yeah, to, everyone <laughs> gets one question. You can ask us any question on any topic, and uh, and we will answer it on the podcast. Um, you can also uh, subscribe, rate, and review us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on SoundCloud, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, what else, Brandon? Josh, we have a website. If you if you if you totally spaced out during the last uh, thirty seconds, just go to alwayscheating.com, and all this cool stuff is right there waiting for you. That's where we exist online. You can see pictures of me and Josh palling around at the Black Horse Tavern in Brooklyn. You can also find <laughs> you can also find links to our teams there. Not that not that anyone wants to look at our teams, but uh, it's a cool site. Check it out. You got it. All right, Brandon. It was nice talking to you. I will see you this weekend. Hail Lord Sorloth. You're our new god now. Sorloth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.